Welcome to another DDO podcast, guys, or DDO DM podcast. Hope everybody had a great day. Certainly uh, had a lot of fun uh, reading the forums today, even uh, posted one up there myself. I noticed um, a trend before we get into today's topic. What I noticed a trend kind of, and I thought I'd just ask the community about it because it seems important important to everyone just in in different ways you know that they're expressing it in in different ways and uh it kind of all comes down to what i mean as far as certain threads is like server merges and and other types of talk where people are talking like my post about difficulty or or reaper mode or or a different uh version of ddo where it's like like hardcore but it's not hardcore or a turn-based version of ddo there's just been a lot of talk on the forums like that and i think um just to sum it up and to boil it down into as small of a word as i could i was trying to get at the heart of the matter and i, I think it's just a player connectivity and camaraderie a shared player experience it seems to be lacking one person even on the thread I posted, they pointed out that, yeah, it's like, uh, you know, if as far as grouping goes, he's like, there's a bunch of me and my buddies get together, we run high-end builds, we just roll through the quests. <laughs> and I certainly have experienced that before, right? So I, I understand uh, where he's coming from. And essentially, the game asks a veteran player to essentially... I want to say neuter isn't the right word, but they want you to kind of start over almost to experience the, the game like that. I, the game To experience the game as a shared experience. I think that's why hardcore is really popular. I know when I was trying it, I had a lot of fun. I remember I could get, I knew I could get through Waterworks without dying and I could get through it on Elite without dying. And it was fun to run other people through it just just because I knew I couldn't die and I knew it was difficult. So that, that kind of uh, like just helping people out kind of thing and watching them enjoy it. Whoa. Enjoy, uh, enjoy the, um, enjoy the quest as it, as it were kind of intended to be. So my, my post was really about the, um, do we need to do new difficulty? I, I don't know. I, I think that um, I think we can start with removing the the hard XP cap that we have. I think that's uh, that hurts that hurts new players. That hurts new players because as an older player, or say you're a returning player from a few years ago, you've still got some experience with the game, and you can maybe you don't know the end game, or you can help people in the early and maybe some of the mid game, right? And the end game that you remember. So that's valuable to us as a community as a whole. And by forcing you, the returning player, or you, the veteran player, who want to help the lower players out by forcing you to level your character, we just create a divide that you know, new players can never catch up to the old players, and then old players can't hang out with the newer players. And I say that as a like a blanket statement. I know that... The, doesn't always every circumstance isn't the same, but 
by and large, what I find is those of us that are on that TR train, it's like, hey, man, it was great, you know, high five. It was great playing with you. See you tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes around and I'm, you know, I'm six levels higher than them. And I'm, and I still got, I'm holding to. So that's not a, not a good feeling. You're like, hey, hi, like, guess we can't group today. So that's not a good feeling. And I think that's where my thought process comes from as far as removing the hard cap is like, okay, well, I'll stay at level five. I'll play all the level five quests again or whatever. We'll do it on the lead or however you want to do it. You know, it's, it, but it gives me options as a player to still group with someone that I just met or someone that's still learning, but it doesn't make me have to sacrifice anything or anyone else. And I think that's where that came from. There was another post on there. I'm trying to remember. I guess I could just pull it up. That's probably... That's probably the best thing to do. There wasn't a whole lot of posts on it, but there was a couple. Oh, this was a pretty good one, I thought, too. Um, like, if you're VIP, you could bring you automatically grant people like guest status players in your group. You grant them guest status to a certain expansion. Uh, it wasn't really expounded on much. There was a second post about it, like saying maybe like a cooldown question mark. And I think something like that would have to be, you know, implemented so people aren't gaming the system because we know how gamers are, right? They're going to want to try to exploit that with a second account or something and not pay for anything, right? which is not what we don't want, but I think if you have it on a one-day cooldown or something like that, that would be fine, you know, or a 12-hour cooldown, something like that, where you can keep keep players interested and they may get, get into a certain pack and, you know, they like you as a friend, they like you as a player, you guys are getting along and you have a good, good group, good time, and, you know, maybe they decide to get VIP or they decide to buy that X-Pack. So I think it's a good sell for the game because – you're selling the community at that point. You're not just selling the expansion. You're selling, like, say, if I was the leader of that group or I was, like, the VIP guy, like, you're selling, you're using me as a sale point. Like, oh, you like playing with all these guys, right? Like, well, go on, man. Go get the VIP pass or wh whatever you can do. You know, and if they can adjust that VIP tier or however they're going to look at that, I think that's a topic for another time. But definitely, I think just in an effort to build camaraderie and build that player experience is what I was kind of looking for in my um, posts. I'm just uh, reading some of the other posts. I didn't realize there was um, so many... Um, so, so many good ideas. There are, this brings up a, a really big topic that I don't know if we really want to get into about balance. <laughs> and I know Strimtom has a, like literally a series of videos on this that probably total eight to 10 hours in length or something ridiculous, I'm sure six hours, right? It's a monumental task. I think the best Way to approach that is not really he, – he went really in-depth. I think the best way to approach that is with the broad strokes and the broad changes they made to defensive systems in the game and not necessarily the offensive systems. Um, that's, that's how I think they should do it. As far as 
that's another topic we can discuss. And I have some experience with that, like firsthand with the changes that they made. So I can speak a little bit from experience from that. And then the, the main point I think I wanted to talk about was just that camaraderie and how to, how do we bring that back to DDO? Like people experience in hardcore and, or when they, when they play with like a, you know, maybe a, a character they don't, um, they don't have, you know, 8 million past lives on. The interesting thing about that whole scenario is that, you know, it's the past lives that we want, but then once we get them, it, it's such a, almost spoils the game, right? So it's an interesting, uh, an interesting topic to talk about. I think pretty, there's probably a lot, lots to talk about there. It goes deep. But that was just the, you know, the one thing I guess I wanted to mention as far as the, um, uh, the, the forums, the general forum stuff that I saw and then, you know, that I made a post talking about it. Um, I apologize, guys. I'm trying. I'm still working on the ums. I know last episode I was not that good. I was pressed for time. So it was more or less, let's just punch, push it out kind of thing because I didn't want to not talk about what was going on or what I what I saw. But just along the lines of the first topic here, because I just saw the thread I wanted to add into this. But they were talking about the heroic XP and the grind for the past life levels and and how is that how is there a way to bridge that? I, I don't know. A good start though, right? And this is why I'm just saying a good start. A good start is removing the hard cap from XP. Because that's gonna open up players to play levels they like. If your class split happens to be really powerful at one level, but then wanes later, you may want to hang out at that one level where it's really, really fun. And then boom, you take uh, you take your other levels and you TR out of it and you start all over. But I, I don't see a problem with that. I don't see how that would hurt the game. Again, I think it would promote uh, uh, player cooperation and uh, player interaction with one another. So I think that would be good. But as far as addressing the, the, the TR system in general and the whole, I mean, I feel like that's a, like, again, that's just another topic. But removing the hard cap on the XP, I would say, like, let's just see where that went, right? Like, let's see how that would play out over six months or a year. So, but I, I there was one I mentioned uh, in the last episode, and I wanted to bring it up again. Of course, it's of course it's not on the front page anymore. It's been on there for a couple of days, and now that I'm looking for it, it's not on there. I'm sure it won't take a rocket science knowing what my channel is about. But it has uh, everything to do, to do with the player-created content. And um, it is that Dampier enhancement tree that someone posted a whole tree, another whole tree. I can't believe guys are doing this. It's awesome. But it must be so much work to have to translate everything into DDO speak. Here it is right here. So the Dampier race. Uh the Dampier race is plus two to charisma. You take 50% healing from positive and double damage from light. You are considered undead for the purposes of most effects. Um, he mentions it's an undead race. Um, and it specializes in negative energy, enchantment and necromancy spells, and stealth. 
And he's thinking this would focus on imbue builds as well. This would get into the imbue build side of things. So for the cores, plus five negative spell power, plus 10% movement speed while sneaking, stacks with other sources. Core two is just your ability, right? Strength, int, int or ka. Your core three is plus five negative spell power and an additional 10% movement speed for a 20% total stacking. Core four is your strength, int, and ka. Core five being a plus five negative spell power, plus 10% movement speed, and so for a total of 30%. I'm not sure if races go up to core five or if they stop at core four. I don't remember. Um, here are your tiers. I, I think that's interesting because uh, we're... We talked a lot about uh, like role-playing aspects and adding an extra 30% on top of some of the other things we've discussed I think would be funny, like comical, to see someone move that fast because now you're talking, you're stacking 30%. You're talking like they've almost got like, they could outstride a new player in stealth, which would be kind of hilarious, not to mention like a sprint boost kind of thing. No, yeah, that would be That would be hilarious. Also, also cool, very thematic, right? Not not game breaking in any way. Not until they start soloing raids with it, right? No, let's get, we'll get there. We'll have that talk too. So tier one is undead nature. You're immune to fear, natural diseases, and poisons, and you gave plus ten to saves against magical diseases and poisons. Uh, you must move further into the. Um, so this undead nature. Tier one is like a selector that goes up, 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 so that each each tier is a, it's the same thing, undead nature, but it enhances further your your undead nature, if you will. Daywalker, your positive healing is is reduced, and you gain uh, your positive healing penalty is reduced by up to forty percent, and you gain plus thirty percent amp, or you get embrace the shadow, which is plus forty negative amp. I like this a lot. This is a this was an interesting steal right from the Warforge, and I think that's really that's a clever thought, very clever, clever. Bloodthirsty strikes. This is your imbue stance. Uh, weapons add one d four negative damage. Scale with one hundred percent negative spell power or two hundred percent with melee. That's nothing we haven't seen uh, before, right? Enemies that would be healed by this damage are immune instead. So. This is um, your simple imbue 1d4. And then you get three three ranks, which I, I really like this. Uh, it's three ranks for fortitude save, but then 15 cold and electric resist. That's extremely thematic. Probably should be 10, but also extremely thematic, which I, I like. And then for the, the last, uh, the last enhancement is a hide and move silently and then there's an additional heal bonuses. So for tier one, it's undead nature, so it enhances your undead. You get uh, your second selector would be either Daywalker or Embrace the Shadow. So healing or positive, healing or negative, positive healing amp or negative healing amp. And then you're imbue, and then you would have a couple of fillers, fortitude saves, and then hide and move silently skills. Tier 2 would be your undead, undead nature 2, which would make you immune to sleep, hold person, energy drain, nauseated, exhausted, paralyzed effects. You would have permanent protection from evil, quote unquote. Um, so it's 7 AP, he's saying, and it's a, those are all your undead abilities. And up to tier 2. 
So multi-selector for this one is one, two, three to enchantment or necro necromancy DC. Then there's a, an additional blank. There's an initial one for anybody to suggest one right there, right? And then he's got a fortification one, which we've seen before. Um, he says undead shouldn't get crit. It should come with crit immunity, I think, right from the get-go, and then it should have additional stacking for it. And then Arcana, three, three points, which we've seen this before, 25, 50, 100 spell points and spell pen. We've, I think elves get something similar. So tier two for a recap is the completion of your undead nature, uh, enchantment necromancy DCs, an open spot for us to talk about one, fortification, and then spell points and spell pen combined into one enhancement. Tier three is oh, undead nature. Again, so this will be, this is like the uh, top, top tier because you no longer take additional damage from light. I would like to see this go lower down to tier two and move some of the other ones up because this would take, taking double damage from light even early in the game, it, it steals, steals a lot of the fun from that undead play style. Speaking from experience, uh, there's a greater command SLA in here, which I think comes from one of the suggestions, which is neat. And it's a, it's an SLA. So there's Drain Blood, Bloodthirsty Strikes. This is cool. Melee Bite Attack. It comes with an increased weapon damage die and 1d8 negative character level scaling with the higher of uh, your negative spell power, melee spell power. Um, this is uh, interesting. I really like this effect. That's uh, I like the Drain. That's a really good... Um, that's a really good add. It's it requires your bloodthirsty strike, so blood drained blood is not something you can freely select. It requires you to invest into the one d four imbue selector, which doesn't add imbue die, mind you, it just gives you the selector. And then the last multi selector, one of the last ones is um, PRR or MRR resistance, which is good because it's useful and the choice allows you to have um, like a role play type influence on your build your kind of representation gameplay representation and then for for 2ap there's another one in here we get from the fade art tree if you get missed or hit in combat you, you, you can turn invisible so tier four undead nature i was wrong again it continues <laughs> you are no longer knocked unconscious at zero hp and can continue fighting until you have reached your maximum unconscious range i've seen this in another one as well and another uh, somebody else's build thing, and I love it. And I think we don't get enough use out of it. It's interesting to put it on the undead because as the descriptor reads underneath it, it's uh, he's he's making the argument that because you're undead, not necessarily tied to hit points, as a function of life, why would you be considered unconscious when you're not living? And a living person would be unconscious, but you're you're not living. You're undead. So when you just remain standing, I think that's a Strong argument for this. So in tier four, multi-selector number two is, um, and you pick one, either enchantment spell effect, enemies, enemies affected by your enchantment spell are also hit with a shaken effect. That appears to be with no save. And then when you cast a necromancy spell, enemies are hit with a fascinated effect. I think, um, I think I know why he's overpowering the necromancy side and not the enchantment side. But uh, I I like the thought. I think you'd have to those you know maybe when you cast a necromancy spell you also cast command or greater command, 
but it would act they'd have to bypass spell resistance and stuff and that would be like super overpowered because dudes would be lining up to get spell resistance and, and rolling this guy up as a wizard and double down into pale master which i don't mind i don't mind that at all uh, and then the last one here is vampiric imbue which is called drain blood it improves your bloodthirsty strikes they now heal you for 1d2 negative imbue die scaling with the higher of your uh, negative spell power melee power uh, he thinks that might be a little bit op i think i think that's probably fine it would depend on if it would lock you out of though i think because i think you can get one just from the pale master so it should lock you out of that one but still be able to heal from the other stuff maybe you could just increase the heal die that would be neat and then this last one is very thematic the dark description as a tumble effect and then maybe dark description as an sla i think um this is a great little this is a great class this is a great class excuse me great race and there's a lot of thought put into here and there's certainly um room and i know people have suggested and he's updated the uh he's updated he's updated this since i first read it so the guys the guy likes this and he's something he wants to finish and he wants input on and, and I, I know some other people feel that way they want they don't just want to come up with it all by themselves and they like to hear feedback because we're only one person but I know more than one person that saw this like this. I know more than one person like the Dampier or the quote-unquote vampire race in the game. More people like that. Okay. Now, you could take this Dampier thing and you could just change that to vampire template. Okay. Because somebody's trying to, there's a complaint down here that, you know, go play some kind of other Ravenloft thing or, you know, basically like, yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for the... Uh, Thanks for the suggestion. Kind of go pound sand, right? Or take it somewhere else. That's kind of the, it's kind of what he's getting at, right? With his, the, the post underneath. But the reality is the, the first episode we covered the racial dragon, half dragon template. And this is much the same thing. You take Dampier, you make that vam, vampire template, and now you can add it to any race right now. And you can be a half, you can be a Dampier that's like a vampire that's human, a vampire that's a halfling, a vampire that's Warforged. Maybe they can't be vampires. I don't know. But it's an interesting thought, right? You can now add this to any race. And I think things like this, like the half dragon one, that's more of a template. And then this vampire one, right? Dampier, I apologize, but I think it would probably go under a vampire template, right? Those two things are awesome ideas and they also speak to new players old players and this itch that old players seem to have and me included about sometimes playing a race you don't want to play because you're on that you're on that racial grind or that heroic grind for the tr train so this this would address something like this would address that i mean he's got it listed as just one one race but it, it can be like an archetype thing something to consider it's something someone should maybe suggest this is a great hat a vampire template um, so that's what i'm seeing from here i'm not sure if there's any um it doesn't seem to be like there's any other uh any anybody else is calling it out or adding any other suggestions other than the ones he's already added in so that's the dampier race i hope i'm pronouncing that right I would the only real change I would make to this, and that is just to keep it um, like 3.5, which is what 
DDO is based off of. Not not the three version, but three point five, because three is remarkably different than three point five. But I would just say vampire template, and I pretty sure I don't have any of my books anymore. They're all my three point five books are gone. So I'd be guessing, and I could use the Google machine, but. I would say I think there is a vampire template and this is I don't know if it's in line with it but thematically it certainly works I know the plus two charisma is in there and I know they do get other abilities like they can turn into bats and mist and they can control people they get certain ability powers that I think they count as two levels above what they actually are as far as a CR rating so if you're it's been a long time man but you're you know, your CR rating is different than everybody else's because you're a half vampire. And this, this, I think this adequately, adequately displays that CR value. So let's talk about, let's talk about that now that we're on that subject. Um, well, I don't know that we're on that subject, but just let's go back to how do we create more opportunities for player interaction and that CR rating that I just talked about, if there was a way to translate that onto everybody's character so that everybody had a CR and that your character that had past lives, each of those past lives was plugged into some kind of formula or algorithm. I'm not good at math. So something with a lot of letters and numbers and divides and stuff. And it spit out a CR rating that included... Um, calculating your past lives i think um having some kind of system that would oh boy i'm getting into the weeds here and i'm throwing this out there totally on i didn't think this through so if you had a system like that where it could rate everybody's cr and then stat cap people as you enter the quest at that cr so that players who have past lives aren't don't feel like they're not getting use out of them but at the same time you're giving them the option to play um in a style that's similar to something they know and i don't know what that would look like like i don't know like oh well, at level one you know you're um you can, you know, you can only go up to like level four quests. I don't know, man. I don't know what that would look like. You know, that's, that's something for, uh, for I, I think that would be a larger conversation for more people to talk about. And that's probably why I'm talking about it that I want. I mean, I made a forum post about it and it's coming across now after we've talked about the Dampier race. I just, I feel like that some kind of system needs to take place and it should just be, uh, it could be a simple, um, I say simple, but I'm sure it would be very difficult to um, to make, would be like, like quote-unquote Reaper mode, but it would be separate and it wouldn't do, um, I don't know what else. It would have to be more to it. I'm thinking, my just off the top of my head, I'm thinking that you couldn't do every quest or you wouldn't want to do every quest. You'd want to do certain quests. And I'm thinking you'd want to take certain pieces of the quest. And I, they already do this somewhat, right? With And I'm thinking just off the top of my head, playing Nash Tooth's Lair there in WW, like where is the guard key? You know, 
because you can pick one of the doors, but then you still have to get the guard key for completion. So that guard key can pop where it can pop up on the ladder on three different spots and then in that other room. So it seems to me maybe there's a way to make a hallway, a given hallway move, a given set of traps move, a given boss move, a given set of mobs move, and certain circumstances that spawn additional mobs or additional bosses for a group. So that not every quest would have this, I would suspect, but maybe there could be a couple of quests that they make or one or two quests that they make where they experiment with this. The thing, the crux at the whole heart of the crux of this thing, and I'm making kind of a fist as I do that, the whole, the whole heart of this is that you would have to find a way to deal with the bloated stats from us old players that have them. We have bloated stats. Our gear is awesome. I'm not, no, mine's not awesome, but I know other people's and I've played with them. Their gear is awesome, okay? So I know it exists and I know I'm going to run into them again. It's a small server, okay? So how do you fix those bloated stats? That's really, I, and I think for the most part, it comes down to fixing or changing the, um, the defensive mechanics a little bit. And then you can start addressing uh, how people are doing their damage. But I think you have to address how people prevent damage first. And I don't think that that's... Um, I don't know how to really explain that. I don't think that's going to be an easier easy task because you've got the stat bloat that has to come down, but you can't like take away the past lives, right? Like everybody's got to have their, their pluses from their past lives, but then you'd want to, you kind of want to affect their past lives because you want to number crunch their, their ability scores, right? Cause you've got guys running around with, you know, you know, plus five plus, you know, plus five racial, um, plus five to say like they have plus five to, I don't know what say constitution from a, a racial ability. That's not true. I think one of them can get plus five, but there are some that can get plus four, plus three. Then he's got a plus plus eight tone, plus three of that's active right now. So now he's got plus eight to that stat. He's wearing a plus four item or a plus five item that he crafted himself. So it's just, he's never going to fail a save or he's always going to, he's the enemy's always going to fail a save. So you have to deal with that somehow. And that's a problem that they increased with Reaper mode, right? Reaper mode didn't help that. It exacerbated that. And then to prove the point further, they had to come up with its Reaper's own progression system because they couldn't do it on top of the D20 system that exists for 3.5. So they had to come completely out and start this quote-unquote Reaper tree. And the Reaper tree, what does the Reaper tree enhance? You know, it enhances your health. Your MMR, your PRR, right? So these systems have to be looked at because those are have bled into the regular D20 game. And that's kind of that's kind of where your issue starts is, is that balance right there. How do you fix that? So I know I kind of rambled on there for the last little bit. There's still another race that's on the forums. I'm not sure if anybody's noticed it, but I haven't mentioned it. And it's the Cobalt Race. Someone has uh, worked up the Cobalt Race. And I'm interested to talk about that as well. What I find interesting, this will be like a little prelude uh, to the next episode here. But the Cobalt Race, it seems like a lot of people are for it. Um, 
my question is, <laughs> from like a role play perspective, um, why would you want to play a race that's constantly um, that doesn't have any civilization really to speak of, and is used as like fodder for the game, like kind of like a joke, like it's the butt of every joke. <laughs> You know, for being for bad guys, like bugbears always make fun of kobolds. That's what I mean when I say that. They're the butt of every joke. You know, like trolls think look down on kobolds. So, you know, they're easily manipulated. You know, they're well, well, shiny. And maybe that's the trick. But um, I find that uh, that's cool, but it's a. Uh, well, we'll talk about that one. That's uh, someone worked, someone spent a lot of time on that one, too. So, we're going to talk about the kobold race coming up. I don't think um, there's anything left for me on the forums. I'm just doing one uh, last cursory glance here. If you guys um, have suggestions, I'm always reading the forums, so just pop them on there. If you want one just specifically for me, you can always uh, hit me up on the forums because I don't always post on there, but I'm, I'm usually watching them. I'm part of a couple of groups too, so sometimes I also work. <laughs> I just have a full-time job, which is – what I'm doing most of the day and uh, but you know I'm, I'm checking in with everybody uh, across the board as the day goes on and I'm, I look forward to doing these I I find them uh, I find the podcast to be pretty fun just because I get to talk about this game that I love so much and sometimes I'm highly confused over I don't understand why um, we're not kind of banding together for asking for some of the same things it's kind of strange because for a long time, DDO has really gone, like the developers, have, it's been silence out here from us, from the peanut gallery. But it wasn't like that when I first started. When I first started in this game way back when it came out, it was, uh, people were saying stuff, man. People were, hey, I read this novel by this guy and I want this. You know, people were, say there was, a, in the forums, the role play thread there used to be like a story thread. It was something else completely. And people used to post on there like religiously and like really, good or bad they posted it every day you know just and that just goes to show you the level of creativity inside um ddo and i think some of the quests and some of the quest design decisions are good and that's why the game i mean there was a forum post of talking about how hey i'm a returning player in the Feywild and salt marsh you know this stuff is great i love it isle of dread is awesome and it is as long as we don't get into the weeds and get into the end game because it falls apart and it falls apart because the end game of each of those three expansions ties into Reaper, which we're not supposed to be balancing against because it's only for people who want a quote-unquote challenge when that's not true, right? Because Reaper adds 20% more XP and a chance at um, higher level items. I don't, I don't agree with any of that stuff, man. And I come from the old school days of DDO. When if you wanted a challenge, you tried to solo a raid. And people still do that. <laughs> people still solo raids in this game. And that's really, you know, you know, hey, look at me doing R10. Yeah, that's impressive, I guess. I don't, I'm coming from a guy, I don't play R10. I don't play those things. I just don't have the time anymore. But when I did have the time, what was much more impressive, and people still do, and I still see YouTube videos about it, is people soloing raids, and they're not always on uh, and on Reaper difficulty. So that's always for me, and from my player group, when we kind of my class when we came up through DDO, we kind of always that was what we kind of uh, leaned into was you know, you know how how you stacked up by yourself against a, a quest that was made for twelve, 
and uh, that doesn't seem to really change that much, I guess. It's just you've added Reaper mode and it's conflated stats and all kinds of other it created other issues, I think, to please a much smaller crowd, I think, than they really understand of players, you know. Um, and maybe that's the old school, like, salty side of me that's like, oh, you know, because Pugby wants to say, like, you know, get good, right? Solo raids, get good. You know, don't cry for a whole freaking Reaper mode system that you can pretend to be good and get points because nobody gave that to the early players. When we, or us early players had to make our own stuff up, man. And there was nothing for us to do. You could solo all the raids you wanted and then what? You, was, you were stuck rolling out a new character, trying to come up with a new build, looking at reading all the lore and the weapons and trying to figure out, hey, I'm going to make a Will Gary and I'm going to be a Bo Barry and I'm going to do this. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make this guy. I'm going to make that guy. And uh, so those were like the kind of that was the fun of the end game when I was kind of coming up was that that stuff right there. And then the really good players, you're really, really good players. Could they could solo raids. And again, I still see that happening. And I I don't think that's a bad thing. And I don't think developers should take that as, uh, you know, I didn't make it hard enough or anything like that. I think they should be they should be proud of that, man. A guy loves your game so much. He spent so much time. He's ignoring your mechanics. That's how that's how well he knows your game. That's how well your player base knows your game. They know it inside. Now you shouldn't feel bad about that. You should be, hey, these guys are just as passionate as me. And I think for a time, I'm rambling. For a time, it was it seemed like that decisions were made, um, like in kind of an adverse way, like uh, developers against players. Like, hey. We didn't design it to do it that way. You guys are doing it that way. We're making this change. We're changing this class. We're changing this piece of this quest. And these guys, this spell is going to work like this from now on. And, you know, no more dimension, dimension door scrolls, right? Like, and I noticed that they've come back. Since I came back to the game, they come back. But I remember those, hey, Savior, Dimension Door Scrolls, they're getting rid of them because, you know, you know, so-and-so fucking used them too many times during the Twilight Forge raid. You know, it's like, come on, really? And that really happened, man. They really took those out because players were using them in raids to short man raids. And it's like, that's not how you promote player interactivity, man. We were interacting, you know, and I played with new players. And I, when I was playing with that, like, group of guys, I still played with new players. I still enjoyed it. So it's not like these players are only playing with, you know, their friends and only trying this stuff. It's just that that stuff is happening, too, because there's nothing left for them to do. So let them scratch their heads and beat your raids, and who cares? I I never understood that. It's not like they ever stopped paying their subscription, and this is when the game was pay-to-play, right? So it's not like they ever stopped paying their subscription. They all loved it. They all loved the game. So it just seemed like a really, you know, strange move to, to, to kind of use the stick against your players. So... So without uh, without rambling too much more, I think um, I think I'll end it there. I, I you know obviously I guess you know my thoughts on Reaper. I think it's kind of silly, and um, but I don't want to create another Reaper mode situation, which is why I'm hesitant to suggest anything. I did suggest what I suggested earlier, but I don't. I'm going to say that with a huge caveat. I don't know what to do. I think the best place to start is to remove the hard cap on XP. That's where I think the best place to start is. I also think um, giving that guest pass act, act, 
somehow that 12-hour or 24-hour cooldown, something like that, and just see what happens. You know, guys are going to game it. You're going to have guys that are going to game it, but those guys are going to probably pay for two subscriptions anyways, and they're doing it, and they just got three or four more accounts, and the only thing they're really doing is blowing up the Astral Shards market, and let's be honest, is do we want to talk about balancing that, or do we want to talk about having fun? You know, <laughs> we can deal with that at a later time, I think. So my, my, my thing is, it's just like what everybody else was kind of suggesting with all their different threads is that player connectivity. How do we bring players together so that we're all having fun again? Some guys can't resist. My fireball destroys the whole quest. They can't resist hitting that fireball button, even though they know that you you were having fun whacking that thing with your 2d6 sneak attack, and you just used your whatever trick to blind it, and you, you opened it up to the sneak attack. They just can't resist. They have to blow up all the cold balls at once. Some guys can't. They can't hold back. Um, but I would recommend that to the veteran players if you're if you're with guys that are new, let them have some fun. So. Anyways, um, that's it for today's show, guys. Thanks for uh, thanks for listening, and um, let me know if uh, what you like that I'm doing, and let me know what you don't like that I'm doing, so it's not so I'm not unduly. Um, I don't want to be this to be bad experience. <laughs> so if there's something I can do to make it better, I'm uh, I'm definitely willing to make those changes. Thanks, guys.